what is the title of that one? I think I've seen it. I think this is the one where it's like cooking my giant spider, not the one where someone got reincarnated as a spider. Because <laughs> of course <laughs> they both it? exist. <laughs> yes. Oh, just gonna review it. He didn't like it. <laughs> we'll see I about that, Justin. <laughs> Are you issuing a challenge to Justin? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome back to Manga in Your Ears. Helen and April are with me. Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Corey. The song you hear is from the Battle Angel Aliga anime. Uh, it says here, or on the YouTube, that it's the opening, but ANN says that it doesn't have an opening, so I don't know where it came <laughs> from. But there's a video with it. Maybe it's an AMV, and I'm just noticing it now, live. Well, no, it had, it had producer credits on there, because we think we saw Maruyama on there. But his name was misspelled, so that's why I'm not sure if it was Maruyama, the guy who keeps founding anime studios or not, who worked uh, on it. Maybe they just mis- misspelled his name. It was, like, the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it was the 90s. He could have done that. that. That's also a possibility. Uh, well, on the first half of this podcast, we'll talk about Battle Angel Aliga, and then on the second half, we'll be talking about uh, one of the two Mixeru Kubo manga that are coming out again. So what is Battle Angel Liga? There, they had the first volume for free uh, to read on Amazon Prime. So uh, we just jumped straight into that. Did any of you have any of you read it, read it before uh, this podcast? Definitely I have not. not. I've had absolutely no exposure to it besides the just knowing the name and the the main character in general. No exposure at all before uh, this episode. I've listened to the Anime and Nostalgia podcast episode on it. But aside from that, I've seen, like, um, I think the Last Order volumes at my library. But I'm like, well, that's way into a series I haven't tried out before, so nope. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, and I've seen the trailer for the James Cameron film and had opinions yeah. on you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're all, like, about the same knowledge level of Aliga. <laughs> so this this manga is about this girl... Robot girl named Aliga. Uh, she is named Gally in the original Japanese version. I don't know why they changed it, but I guess Aliga is now the canon one. And because then, of the 90s. Yeah. And then uh, the uh, manga is not called Battle Angel Aliga, but it's called Gundam, which is uh, literally translated as Gun Dream, I guess, which is uh, also weird. <laughs> but I'm sure uh, if you listen to that Anime Nostalgia podcast, they'll give you a much better history than I did in the last three seconds. Um, she she was found in, like, a uh, a dump by this dude, Daisuke Ego, um, and he just kind of resuscitates her and gives her a body. And the, the functioning body that he gives her is just kind of like a everyday body. Okay. <laughs> Not we should like, mention that Aelita is a cyborg, yeah, so yeah. she was found with the upper part of her torso and her head intact, yeah. but mm. nothing else. Yeah, so he, he like kind of cobbles together some spare parts and puts her together, and then uh, the, there's just kind of a, an ongoing plot thus far in the volume of um, having to fight this crazy uh, 
like psychopath killer robot. Uh, well, we've even had there are even multiples of those in the first episode, not episode first volume. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a rug. The the first volume, I really liked it. I think it did uh, some some cool stuff with like the learning about the antagonists and not really empathizing with them, but uh, learning the reasons why they're doing this. Like this dude has seemingly been alone his entire life, and now he's just taking out on the world for his teenage angst, I guess. Uh, and Illegal wants to stop that because she is secretly uh, some sort of battle cyborg, which is where the battle angel comes from. Actually, I don't know where the angel comes from, but that's where the battle comes from. Uh, <laughs> I suppose the angel part will come later, but uh, before we before we jumped on the... Before we jumped on the recording part, uh, Helen, April, you said you weren't as big of fans of it. Uh, what, what were your impressions of the manga? Uh, this one is pretty light on the plot. Like, there is a minimal amount of plot to facilitate. Aelita has a body now. Aelita knows, like, some sort of Martian cyborg kung fu. Aelita is really good at fighting. And that's basically the entire plot we've had for the entire first volume so far. Like, there's little bits of Aelita wondering who she is, and she's got amnesia, but other parts where she's like, I don't really want to, I like this life that I've got now. And then there's lots of fighting. Uh, I, I was not too impressed with this. I thought it definitely felt like something from the 80s or 90s, very not quite edgy, but very much this is a battle shonen. Maybe it's a shonen. This is a battle manga, which means we are going to fight all the time, which is not completely my thing, it turns out. This was published by, uh, we should say, this is published by Shueisha, Shueisha in a uh, seinen magazine. Uh, it is written by Yukiko Kishiro and currently published by Kodansha in these really nice hardcover books. I saw them at the comic book store this, this last weekend. And uh, your 80s, 90s aesthetic is correct. It is uh, early 90s, December 1990s when it started to be published and it finished in 95. So it's still got that 80s in it. Yeah, I was looking at Alita's hair, and I was like, this looks more like the 80s poof, like, not the 90s poof. She doesn't have the right bangs for it, or the pompadour, so yeah. that's what was throwing me off there. April, what did you think? I liked it. Uh, like Helen said, there's really not much in terms of a plot. Um, she's born, and she, you know, questions who she is for, you know, a few pages, and then she just starts fighting stuff. Um, I think the, the main thing is the art is really cool. Uh, I know that uh, Corey... I shared a little bit of it on Twitter, so I, I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh, this, you know, once I got the chance to read it, oh, this is really cool. Um, so the arts, for me, was a really big draw, but there's not. At least in this first volume, there's not much in terms of a lot of plot, but I kind of just like the aesthetic of it, the whole 90s thing and the science fiction part of it. It just kind of takes you back to that time more than anything else, but nah, it's it's pretty light on actual um on actual plot, so yeah, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, the art's pretty nice. It's like super detailed. I feel like for like a fighting manga, since I feel like I'm used to seeing manga where a lot of the fights will get like the plain backgrounds and stuff like that to make it easier for the artists to draw and not have their hands fall off. <laughs> um, but here it's got like really detailed backgrounds. There's a lot of heavy inking work on Aelita's design alone, so it's really cool to look at. Although I found some of the action a little hard to follow. But this is like the first volume in the installment, so I could see this being a thing where the manga college just gets a little more comfortable portraying motion later on. So that one I won't hold yeah. against them. The plot I will hold against them, but not the action. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it was 
plot light, but I think it was very character heavy in this first volume as well. Uh, I mean, Alita doesn't really have a character. She's got yeah, like a couple not, personality traits. In the not, not in the case of <laughs> not in the case of Alita yet, but I think in uh, the person that saves her in Ego, and then in the person that she's fighting, uh, you learn more than I would expect out of the first volume. Where like you do definitely do want to establish Alita way more than you did, but perhaps the uh, intrigue and mystery of her is what's driving it. Yeah, I definitely read too many battle actual shonen manga when I was growing up to be anything more than just eh, feeling about the villain, like getting all this characterization for how he had a terrible childhood and I'm like, yeah, I've seen this in Naruto, I've seen this in Bleach, like, I just don't care anymore, guys. I just don't. I know you can't be for Naruto and Bleach, so it's not your fault, but I just don't care. There was a weird moment, too, where, is it is it Ito or was it somebody else? That was, I think it was Ito that was like, I don't know what the that the the huge the big monster that she fought in the latter half. I cannot remember his name. But then Edo's like, could it be that he's in love with her? Oh, oh yeah, what? that was so weird. Yeah, <laughs> it was like so weird. <laughs> like he doesn't even know her. Like I know that that happens, but I'm like, they just like, how could he be in love with her and he's fighting her and they just met? I don't, I don't know. That was a strange. It was a strange plot point, but I, I just figured I'd go with it. It's the 90s. Yeah, whatever. I just filed that under ways you can tell this is written by a male writer, Exhibit A. <laughs> yeah. There, there are a couple, uh, like, randomly sexist things in the first volume <laughs> that uh, that paused me for a bit, and I'm like, oh, that's not, uh, that's not okay anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Ido keeps being like, he wants to dress Alita up like a doll, kind of, and treat her like like a really delicate kind of daughter in some ways. And Aelita's like, no, but I want to be with you. I want to be out there fighting with you and stuff like that. So it, it just felt very weird, like kind of paternalistic towards Aelita, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, the, yeah, that's definitely what it felt like. And he's kind of, you know, she has what she she wants to fight. And he's kind of like, well, that's not my dream for you. I'm like, dude, you're the one that picked me up out of the trash. Like, I didn't get a choice in, like, even being alive. So, like, you know, yeah, it was... It, it there's an interesting um dynamic there and then there's the whole um in the very beginning when when she thinks and we think that he's out there like killing other cyborgs to get parts for her i'm like man this got dark really fast and then, and then you go further until you go further you know like oh okay but at first i'm like god he's murdering people for her like this is you know uh but yeah there's there's definitely a couple things that probably wouldn't fly anymore oh yeah and then like the eventual villain from that first chapter turns out to be they call them a mutant I, i'm not quite sure yet what exactly that means in this story but they call them a mutant who was a woman but then they went kind of ugly so that's why they've been attacking all these beautiful cyborgs and i'm like whoa yeah. there like, <laughs> yeah i forgot about that <laughs> yeah yeah okay that, that story seems such like very utilitarian and that <laughs> doesn't have much substance to it, so I really just forgot it until just now. It's just sort of tossed out there. It's like this one-panel explanation later for why a whole bunch of cyborg women were being killed by a serial killer. Like, oh, she just couldn't stand their beauty, and it's like, what? It's messed up, Oh, ladies. God. Oh, wow. The future is rough, guys. The future is not worth looking forward to. Yeah. I'm assuming this is on a future. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Yeah, I'd almost forgotten about that, too, until now. Just because it was such, like, a one-off. Like, oh, she's ugly, and she was just killing people. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we'll just go with that then, too. Uh, yes, yeah. as one does. <laughs> so that's kind of what you got to do as a manga fan. you got to just be able to look at some of the stranger parts of stories and be like, I need to just push this to the side, or I will never get through this. I just got to be able to either process, or I'm just going to have to put this entire story down. Well, I thought it, I wouldn't say it was disappointing. I mean, it's not quite that strong of a word, but it, at first when you're thinking like, oh my God, he's murdering people to get body parts. And then they're like, no, she's just ugly and she's upset about it. I'm like, well, that was a letdown. I would have rather he was like murdering people for body parts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I April been, wants the real drama, guys. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a more interesting turn if Ego was actually yeah. killing people for Aliga's body parts. Yeah. Especially since later he's talking about how he does hunt... He works as a hunter, like part-time, a bounty hunter, because he, I think they said something along the lines of he likes killing, he likes doing this, so he does it kind of part-time because he's kind of ashamed to make it his full-time profession. It's like, okay, there's so many <laughs> things going on right now. Like, Yeah, that's the that's the image the guy posted on Twitter, because he was just like, I like killing robots, I guess. <laughs> and I'm like, alright, dude, that's kind of weird. <laughs> There's a lot of things you just have to completely gloss over just to get, yeah. But <laughs> so is there is there some sort of continuity break between this and Last Order? Because Last Order is always the one that I see in the libraries or like random volumes in the store. Is it completely different than this? Do you all know? I think Last Order is a sequel. I think the end of this original run, Alita figures out that she's actually from Mars or something, and I think this is either mm-hmm. a sequel or a prequel with her time on Mars. Since she's not just oh, a cyborg with super kung fu, she's also from Mars. <laughs> of course. Um, that totally makes sense. It is Aileda <laughs> Mary Sue, yes, no? Well, let's not get into this year, actually. <laughs> but yeah, I think they are part of the same continuity, at least. I don't think it's a reboot or anything wild like that. Manga That's doesn't reboot as much, anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, any closing thoughts on Aliga? Will you guys continue with the manga after this? Mm, probably not, but that's partially because I just have, like, this gigantic log of manga right now for my reviewing. Like, oh, my God, I can't add in anything that I'm only feeling, like, lukewarm on right now. I think if I kind of, like, saw it at the library and that's not, like, really a... What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a slight against it. I don't think it's something I would go out and look for. But if I saw it at the library, if they had some of it, yeah, I, I, I like the action part of it, and I like the 90s feel of it. So, yeah, if, if I saw it somewhere, I'd probably pick it up. I don't know if I'd run out and collect all the volumes. but um, And then Wiki says that <laughs> that live-action movie is supposed to come out in December, if anybody's waiting on that. Yeah, so I got pushed that. back from the summer, so. I wouldn't call myself waiting on it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because after reading this first volume, I'm now thinking back to the trailer, and I'm like, man, that trailer was, like, completely different. Like, the trailer makes her look like, you know, the ordinary girl, and there's a romance for boy, and it's like, I don't see any romance happening anytime soon in this manga's future. No. Any romance in the manga from the from just the first volume would be very, very weird. Yeah, just that movie trailer seemed very totally different from this first volume of the manga, and the movie trailer definitely seemed more boring. I think this would make a really fantastic, like, full anime to watch if you had, like, the production schedule and the budget to do, like, really nicely animated fights. I think this would look really fun. I'm just not Mm -hmm. sure that it's going to be anything different enough visually for a movie since we've been making, you know, cyberpunk, cyber dystopian films for a while now. It's kind of hard to be inventive in that genre. And I have very little faith in James Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I'll read this eventually. Um, 
I think there was like a, a manga sale, but I just bought a bunch of manga, so I, I didn't want to jump into that too. But the next time it's on sale, I might uh, grab back it. I know Casey uh, Minovsky article on Twitter has also been reading it and live tweeting it a bit, and uh, I just want to get to everything that he's reading. It was very cool. Yeah, I'm wondering until how long we have to wait until manga companies start sending him review copies, since I feel like he generates some good buzz with those um, yeah. live tweeting friends of his. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, well, uh, let's take a break, and then uh, we'll be back to talk about again. And now we are going to be talking about, again, which is one of two of Mitsuru Kubu's recent manga, which have gotten licensed in the light of her success of being the co-creator of Yuri on Ice and basically just... Didn't the last episode of Yuri on Ice Crash Country roll when it aired? I'm pretty sure it was that popular. Mm, probably. Usually you have to be like Dragon Ball Super levels of popular Crash Country roll, guys, so... Or Academia, Dragon Ball Super, and Attack on Titan the same day. God... <laughs> So, uh, again, is nothing like Yuri on Ice, just throwing that out there. It is very straight so far, not gay at all. Um, we have our main character, Kimichiro um, Imamura, and it's his last day of high school. He's going to his high school graduation. He's not too enthused about it. He had a pretty boring three years, pretty isolating. He's fussing around in the old club building, um, runs into a classmate there. She panics. She runs. She trips and falls down the stairs. He trips and falls down the stairs. Uh, they might be dead, but in the meantime, they've been transported three years back into the past. Somehow, we don't really understand the mechanics or anything like that, and the two of them are not excited to go falling down a pair of stairs again to see if they can reverse it. Yeah, this so is now it, Yeah, I was going to say, like, I definitely thought, wait a minute, I've seen this promise before. <laughs> <laughs> so now, um, Imamura and this girl, uh, Fujita, it's their first day of their first year of high school, and so now... It looks like they might have to live out the, these whole three years again until they just catch up with their regular time again. So that's the basic premise of it. Um, the reason why Imamura had been messing around the school's old club building was that he remembered that on his opening gradu- um, opening ceremonies that there had been a girl who had been the captain of the Oedon team, and he'd always kind of regretted not joining the team since it died out a year later since there were no members left. And so he's thinking, well, I'm back, you know, I might as well see if anyone's joining this, maybe get involved with her. And this seems to be like it's going to give him enough social excitement to last all three years of high school at this point. There's some weird back history with the club, it looks like, like with members leaving. There's a one-sided rivalry with the cheerleading team, which gets really dirty. And, um, well, Imamura is sort of okay with going back into the past for high school. He doesn't really have much to lose. Uh, Fujita is not so happy about this, and she keeps messing everything up like she's trying to hug her boyfriend before he's broken up with his ex. So um, it, it's a really comedic work, I, feel, I felt like. Almost surprisingly so. Especially since it's a little dark at points. Yeah, like, like, I mean, when guys, they almost literally die, it's pretty dark. Well, they have actually died to start off yeah, the series. Dead. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, so I actually did like this first volume a lot. I felt like it was a really interesting balance between serious and funny. Um, what about you guys? Um, I really liked it. I, so I didn't know anything about this because I don't keep up enough with news anymore. And I just happened to be in the bookstore a few weeks ago and just saw it on the shelf and thought the front cover looked cool. Um, and so I sat down to look at it and I'm like, I, I thought it was really good. So I obviously bought it. Um, but I, I really, I don't know. I, it's a good mix of funny, but serious. And I think I've seen this before where sort of the characters high school years don't play out the way that they want them to, but there's just, I thought the way that they portrayed like how isolated he was, I thought that was uh, really interesting because it, it didn't seem like there was anything particularly odd about him. Some of these other series, there's like always something odd about the person or something that the other kids like latch onto that really is like sort of different about them. But, it just seems like he just doesn't fit in anywhere and he never had any friends. And uh, so that 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 sort of hooked me in the beginning and then just being able to sort of relive all that and see how it changes. I, I, I really, really like this one. And I sort of wish there was more than one volume out at this point so I could look at the rest of it. But I'll have to wait with everybody else. What about you, uh, Corey? Yeah, I really like this first volume. Um, I did not find it in the bookstore. I just knew that it was Mitsuru Kubo's manga and uh i just wanted to read whatever she had done so i picked it up uh and it kind of looks sporty on the front uh for those on the end i also do a sports anime podcast so like i was gonna joke this is definitely sporty enough for the taiku podcast (laughs) (laughs) i'm in for it uh as long as it's like sport adjacent so this is close enough for me but besides that the the character is really gripped me in this volume like throughout it we aren't really um or they aren't really changing quite yet they're just kind of stubbornly clinging on to this third year of high school mentality but everything is changing around them due to them already knowing what happened uh and like doing over this this first year like he the the girl fujiega really annoys her 30 year boyfriend because she's just like just dump that girl you're gonna dump her eventually, and it's gonna be terrible for both of you. And then you'll love me. So let's do it right now. <laughs> uh, and then yeah. the dude is like wanting to save the uh, Owendon, uh club because it dissolved by the time that he showed up, or by the time that the third year came around. Because the only the only remaining member is the third year captain Usami. Yeah, and um, part of the story is that. Himamura had actually just moved after middle school to this high school area, so that's part of the reason why he feels so lonely in high school. He doesn't have a connection with anyone. He doesn't have any friends there. Mm-hmm. And it also means that there's actually some stuff going on in the background with the Oedon that he doesn't know of. So it's not like he knows everything that's going on. Um, but backtracking for just a little bit, part of the reason I like this volume so much is that I did like the characters. And I think it's really funny to see how just Imamura and um, um, Fujita handle um their knowledge of what's already going to happen a little differently because fujita she like loans out cds to her friends and she's like oh yeah but i'm gonna get tired of them really quickly they're gonna break up soon yada 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 it just comes off as like really accidentally not not vicious enough to be bitchy but somewhere close to it <laughs> well himamura just seems to balance it a little better and he also yeah. seems calmed down a lot like he he remembers on his first day his first year the guidance counselor was um mentioning his hair and he thought he was being called out for it so he acted all gruff but now he's he's like oh no it's 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 just a style it doesn't mean anything i'm not rebelling or anything and the guy's college was like oh okay good 
Yeah. Like by now he's just got a little more calm that he's just able to kind of passively handle it. And he definitely thinks at one point, whatever, you guys can't do anything worse to me. I've already had three years of loneliness. So. Mm-hmm. And for those that haven't, like, haven't read, Imamura does have like this uh, strikingly blonde hair, which uh, yeah, he ble- Yeah, he said that like his hairdresser went a little overboard. <laughs> yeah, the, he said he, he went to his regular hairdresser in his hometown and he's like, I'm about to move, cut my hair or whatever, <laughs> and he's like, like, I guess I'll dye it blonde. <laughs> and by his third year he's got a really strange haircut like he's got like a really severe undercut but you can't even tell at first because he's got like hair halfway down his back that's bleached blonde like i had hair that long at one point in middle school that's because i hadn't cut in two years but <laughs> i don't know how he grew out his hair that much in three years that's a lot of hair growth. Yeah. it is uh-huh. it took me until like college from ninth grade <laughs> my hair grows relatively fast anyway <laughs> yeah, so getting back to it, so um, Imamura actually does meet um, the captain of the Oedon since they're doing that usual, oh, everyone come join our club. And um, her name is Usame. It actually is kind of unusual to have a girl in an Oedon. It, this isn't just, it's manga, so it's normal. It's definitely seen as unusual in this manga. Yeah. And she has a really strong personality. Like she's always getting Imamura to yell, us! Every time he enters the classroom and everything, she's really big on the training and traditions. And she seems kind of socially clueless in the way she goes about doing it. So I'm pretty sure this is going to end up being one of the reasons why the Oedon sort of fell apart. I'm betting her personality was a part of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to see how much of it was the cheerleaders, since the captain of the cheerleaders, um, Abe, just doesn't seem to like Usami. Like, I, I think she partially doesn't like the Oedon in general. I think she partially thinks that they're just kind of outdated. But it seems like she felt like she was snubbed by Usami since Usami was more interested in the Oedon than the cheerleaders to join. And Usami does wear the boys' uniform while she does the Oedon. Um, she wears her the the girls' uniform when she just like goes to school. But when she's doing these cheering cheering things for Oedon, she's wearing the boys' uniform. Yeah, so she's got the Gakuren on, she's got the headband. So, you know, if, you, if you've seen anime and you, you, they've had a sports episode festival, you probably know what outfit we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually one of the things that made me interested in Smaga Star Web, since I haven't seen anything exclusively focused on Oedon before. And we have not gone to much of the Oedon so far. Like, most of it's been, like, behind the scenes, what is going on here? Like, why does everybody hate each other? And then the cheerleaders send a honeypot after Imamura to try and get him to lead the group. But um, it's not going so well for them. And not there's a surprising all. number of threads going on in this first volume, which I think was shorter than the first volume of Battle Angel Alita. Yeah, Kubo shoves a lot of, a lot of stuff in this first volume. They fall down the stairs, they go back in time, which was just like immediately, uh, <laughs> immediately striking because I didn't expect this to be a time-traveling manga or whatever it is going on manga um, <laughs> and then there's obviously some history with this Wangan club but they fell apart for some reason but some members are still around like near the end of the volume uh, Imamura finds one of the members because there was a news program saying like here's this girl Oangan person and so he's able to look in the video and be like oh yeah like here's what the other members look like and not all of them should have graduated by now. What? Are, who are they? Can I find them? Yeah. And that's about where this first volume ends. Yeah. So they're going to obviously get more into like what happened to Oangon and what role the cheerleading club, which is obviously a, a little backhanded based on what uh, what Abe is doing with 
oh crap, the other first gear that like tried to woo Imamura, but he's just not having it. Uh, <laughs> Imamura's like, there's no reason for a girl to be interested in me. What is up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was very backhanded. <laughs> a little is a bit of an understatement, I think. Yeah. Was, there's a there's a lot of uh, plot points going on at once, but it seems like it's probably a little early to say, but it seems like she, the author would have that they're going to wind up being tied together relatively well. It just I, I never really felt like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. It all felt like the story kind of flowed, and it, it felt like a, a a pretty good volume. So I don't expect it. I don't expect it at this point um, to fly off the rails. Um, but one of the things I liked was. Uh, sort of what Helen was talking about earlier, um, I forget her name, but the other girl that that went back in time or whatever has happened, just those small things about where they already know what's going to happen. So there's a few scenes um, where the main guy is like obviously really bored in class because he's already done everything. And I, I that that was funny to me because I'm like, yeah, you would be really bored. Like if you were time traveling and you knew everything that happened, it would just suck to have to sit through three years of the same thing. Uh, but and it also means that he like, looks like he's really smart now since he's able to like pull all these yeah. math questions. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. There's that math scene where yeah, he just they. The I think the teacher is actually trying to get on him for not paying attention, and he just goes mm. and you know answers the question. They're like, well, he must have studied ahead. I'm like, kind of, sort of. Well, I think uh, when the character says that, he's like, nah, nah, didn't read ahead or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't even matter at this point. But yeah, the uh, I like the character drama so far. I, I just I really. I really, I really enjoyed this one so far. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else major that really stood out to me. Um, I think the captain of the Oendon is going to be interesting. I feel like there's a lot more to her than what we've seen, even in the first volume. But then I think the cheerleading team makes for a good conflict uh, so far. I, I didn't, I sort of didn't expect that to come up because the cheerleading team doesn't come up till the middle-ish of the volume. But they're a good, they're a good conflict to sort of drive the story along, alongside um, of not knowing what happened to the Owen Don team in the first place. So there are a couple of good conflicts in here, but not to where it feels like it's out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that a lot of the characters in the story are like, oh, Imamura, you must just be interested in the Oedon because you think the captain's hot, right? Um, but so far, there's no real indication <laughs> that he especially does, and there's no, like, no. leanings that there's going to be much romance so far either, so my ace heart is very happy about this. <laughs> There was no, like, overwhelming fan service, which I appreciated. Not that I hate it. It's just, it was like, oh, it's kind of nice that it's not, like, super out there. I don't hate it. I don't really have a preference either way. But there was a, a surprising lack of that, um, which I, okay, that was different. I, I, I liked that part of it. <laughs> I mean, we do have the girl, like, getting in the shower after she's been sent back in time, doesn't realize it. And she's like, my boobs got smaller. <laughs> I think that's as close as we got. Yeah, that was basically... Of it, you know. Yeah, that was it, really. And I, that was a, and hey, I mean, it'd probably be a thing that I was concerned about. It's like, well, that's at least partially realistic, but no, beyond that, there, there, there wasn't much else. That was really it that I can think of. I think he makes one comment about her underwear, um, and beyond that, there was like nothing else throughout the whole volume. Oh yeah, because I think she was calling him a pervert for chasing her, and he's like, no, I wasn't chasing you. You fell down the stairs like grown. <laughs> Yeah, she goes through this whole sequence in her head where he's, like, going up. Here He's trying to sneak into the Oeng... Well, not really sneak, no one's around. But he's trying to break into the Oengon room, which, which is locked, so he's trying to get in through the window. Then she goes through this whole sequence where it's like he's doing all of these sketchy things. And because of his long hair and demeanor at the time and hair color, 
he's just viewed as this delinquent, which he totally isn't. Uh, and then that just lingered on pervert, I guess. Yeah, there's a little bit of unreliable narratorness going on, since there's a couple of times we see a scene a second time from her point of view, and she seems to see something totally different. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for that in future volumes to make sure that, like, Imamura, our normal narrator, is also not misrepresenting scenes. And I think that ties into my final thought on the series, which is that I definitely want to read more. But I looked ahead, and this is going to be 12 volumes, so I hope it's got enough story for 12 volumes, since I was a little surprised. That was a bit longer than I was expecting. I was thinking this would probably be closer to 8 or so. So we'll just see mm. how this goes. But final thoughts from you guys? Um I'm excited about it. I'm excited to pick up the next one. Um, it also makes me want to read her other series that I think is out this week, although I've already seen it and can't think of the name of it. But I've seen Motechi. it in the store already. So, yeah, uh, uh, so, it, so it definitely makes me want to pick that up. Because um, this is that one's from really vertical. Good. Yeah, that one is from Vertical. Um, and I think it's an omnibus, that one, too. Um, but I like this one, and I would definitely recommend it. I feel like I say that every week about everything that we read, <laughs> but but I do I do like this one. I think that it's good. Uh, it's got it's got a couple of good of good plot points going on. So um, yeah, I, I was glad to that we picked this one this week. Uh, so hopefully other folks will pick it up. And I guess that brings us to the end of the show then. Uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter um, if you want to hear more of our opinions on manga or just focus about what we're reading right now <laughs> you can find the entire podcast feed um at manga in your ears on twitter and then we also have our own personal handles mine's at wandering dreamer and you can also find me podcasting at the oasg and i am terribly behind on my reviews for them right now as well so don't go looking <laughs> for those. i've been busy guys and you too uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mangio Red. I am behind on the small amount of reviews that I have for the OASG, but I'm there sometimes. I mean, you can find me there sometimes still. And Corey? Yep, I'm on Twitter at CompassionateK, and uh, the aforementioned Sports Anime Podcast is on Twitter at uh, Taiku Podcast, which is also where you can find Manga New Year's episodes, TaikuPodcast.com. Someday we might have our own iTunes feed. But we don't at this point. <laughs> we have our own iTunes feed. We need the own website. Oh, we have our own iTunes feed right now? Yep. But yeah, that's all we need. We don't need our own website. We can just keep piggybacking off of Taiku Podcast. And with that, we will see you guys in probably two weeks. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Bye.